Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up on a two-hour show and keep the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Vote with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. Yo, 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 what's good, people? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Jimmy the Blueprint Williams, and I'm here with my brother, B. Austin. Listen, all I want to say is keep it locked right here. We're going to talk some NFL, some NBA, um, some ratchetness, some righteousness, some 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 going on in the street, what's going on in the tweets. We're going to talk about all that stuff. But all, all I want to tell you is make sure you, yeah, 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 stay, stay in lock with us. Um, and also sign in right now at the JW Philly Realty chat room. That's at blogtalkradio.com slash forum. Or you could join us Facebook, Twitter, IG, Farm Only, anywhere. It's at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about minutes after we gamble with Gus real quick. You know what I'm saying? You could do that on the Digital Extreme Technologies hotline. That number is 323 Zero zero one two. Before we get started, make sure that during the week, we're not live. You can check out everything, all of our podcasts. You can find our podcasts as well as podcasts from our podcast network right at our hub, which is known as WarroomSports.com. You can also check out the Warroom Sports mobile app. Um, you can find that on all the platforms. You can check us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk, Google. Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Break, Anchor, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Sotcast, um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Because, you know, what's going on, good brother? Be awesome. How are you, man? Man, everything is copacetic. Everything is copacetic. We got football, we got baseball, we got basketball. It's like I'm fronting because I'm not watching no goddamn baseball, but. Um, we got yeah. we got the things we love. We got the things that we yeah, love, yeah, man. Yeah. It was a grand time of year. Oh, and we got yeah, soccer. So you are you are out here enjoying how life's supposed to treat you, huh? Yeah, you underdig. Yeah, 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 yeah. But listen though, we want to get Gus on as soon as possible because I know um our people out there that are gambling, they want to know what's popping. So we're going to get to that. When we're going to do that as part of our hot topic segment. And listen, man, you know who it's brought to you by, my bookie. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about how you can make some bread betting at my bookie. NFL is in full swing, and Gus Griffin is about to give you some gems so you can know what to do in week six. So if you still haven't yet checked out my bookie, this is the perfect time to check them out. Lay down some cash in the biggest game of sports. You can join the Warman, thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. If you're tired of getting a run around from other sources when it's time for a payout, don't worry about it. That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay fast and without any hassles. You're wasting your time sports betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live bets you can place wagers after the game starts. Listen, if you join, right, join right now, my bookie will match your deposit up to one grand, one stack. You dig? 
Just use the promo code War Room. That's W A R R O O M. You know, for those that you know don't know how to spell, you can activate this offer. Go to mybookie.ag. Remember, the promo code is W A R R O O M. War Room. Just go ahead, win, get paid. Period. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, about to bring on Gus real quick before we move on. You know what I mean? Um, what did he do last week? Uh, two and two last week. About twelve for eight for the year. You know what I'm saying? Let's see who he has this weekend, man. Let's see what's going on with Gus, man. Yo, man, man. Gus is man. He's above five hundred. I'm gonna have to stop stop talking my ish pretty soon. Yo, Gus. Gus, what's really good? How y'all doing? Oh man, we can't complain. Ain't nobody listening. You know, we fair and party proud. How are you? I'm a we above five hundred too. Everybody above five. Yeah, you know I mean, we're we're above five hundred, Gus. You know what I'm saying? That's so, right. I so let me let you know, uh, man. We we had. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I took uh, the Nats in Appalachian State last night in a two pick upset special. Got me a four to one return. So house money for the weekend. Okay. Nice, nice. Don't spend it all in one place. Listen, um, heading into week six, let's see, let's see what 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 are you looking at this again? What what should we be looking at? I got a lot of things I like. A lot of things I like. Uh, the first one I like is um, we got the the Panthers are two and a half point spreads over the Buccaneers. That's the game that's in London. What struck me about this is um, basically last week, the Bears the first half looked like they were sleepwalking literally, and they woke mm-hmm. up and. Uh, took the lead and then but but by that time the Raiders had some confidence they were to finish the job then I found out the Raiders left directly from Indianapolis on Monday um to go over to over to the other side of the pond um the Bears didn't arrive until Friday now I was in Ireland about a year ago at an education Mm -hmm. conference uh for black males and it takes about 36 to 48 hours to adjust and so that kind of explained a lot to me the Panthers they landed today. The Buccaneers aren't going to touch down until tomorrow, um, and the Bucks aren't even on a neutral ground. I don't know that the Bucks are good enough to to sweep anyone. I'm taking the Panthers minus the two and a half, and they're hot. Yeah, team. man, that, that mm. Buccaneers secondary, uh, Yo, Buccaneers secondary suspect. Some of our listeners won't catch this, but I want to point something out. Totally unrelated to sports, but there was a black educators conference in Ireland. International educa- international education international conference of black international um uh educational black males. It was in Toronto the year before. It was in the Bahamas the prior year, in Toronto, uh well I'm sorry, um in um Dublin, Ireland last year and it has to do with the history of Frederick Douglass over there when he was on his tours. Uh it's actually in Milwaukee this year. I got you. I got you. I like you the way you made that connection because I can understand Toronto because I've been to Carabana, so I understand. And I can understand the Bahamas. Naturally, the spaceship stopped there first. But Ireland, I just didn't get the connection. Totally unrelated to gambling. So I apologize to our listeners that tune in. It's like, no, I don't. I don't apologize. It's my show. Thank you, though. Yeah, yeah but, I, you know, shout out to Toronto, because me and B. Austin was in Toronto a couple of years ago, and they showed us love. So shout out to Toronto. Um, yeah, they love but, uh, in the Toronto you know, Panthers, Panthers, Panthers getting uh, Panthers minus two and a half. Excuse me. Okay, that's yes. interesting. I like that too because um, the, that 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 Buccaneers secondary is kind of suspect. Um, and like you said, the Panthers are on a roll. 
You know what I'm saying? And um, hopefully, because I got Christian McCaffrey on my fantasy team, that I hope you're right. <laughs> hope he scores about four, five, good four, five times. But you know, that's either here nor there. Um, what else you got for us? What other, what other, what other, uh, what other things you got for us? Okay, got the Bengals plus eleven and a half. The Ravens haven't covered since the first week of the year. I think the odds makers are exploiting uh, investors, and I use the word investors, not betters. Uh, they're exploiting investors. Um, overreaction to what the Ravens did to the Dolphins. Uh, the Ravens have trouble within the division. Even when they've won the division over the years, they've never been dominant wins. Uh, they had trouble. Of course, the Browns gave them the business. They had trouble with my Steelers last week. Probably should have lost that game. Uh, the Bengals obviously aren't. They're not good, but they're not Miami bad. I think we're seeing how much A.J. Green has been propping up um, Andy Dalton. But 11.5 points in a division game is a lot. I'm taking the Bengals. That's a that is a lot of points. That's a lot of points. Eleven and a half in a division yep, game. D- division game. I mean, a desperate team. The Bengals, that are the Bengals that bad? I, I again. Yeah, that well, that's bad? that's the whole point. That's the whole point. I think um I think you go with the Bengals on that one. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I see that Bengals plus eleven and a half. What else you got for us, Gus? Uh, Texans plus four and a half. Um, it this is a counterintuitive one. If you see Deshaun Watson is a special player, and he and the scary thing is he could actually probably get better. Uh, five touchdown passes through four over 400 yards. They put over 55 points. Yes, it was against the Falcons. Um, I think that the instinct would be to try to, okay, we got the firepower. We can score with the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, Patrick Mahomes. But I think the coach showed you the blueprint for being – I don't think trying to outscore the Chiefs is a wise game plan, even for that. I think the coach showed you a game plan. They ran 45 times for 180 yards, unfortunately. Uh, you know, they only passed 29 times. Unfortunately, um, I gave up on uh, Mac on my fantasy team, and he bust out. But at any rate, I think the Texans, if they go by that code game plan, that they can uh, stay within that four and a half, have a chance to win. They certainly got the firepower to score, but I think the best way against the Chiefs is to try to keep Mahone on the sidelines. That's what the coach did. I'm taking the Texans plus four and a half. That, that, those are all great points. The question I have for you is do the Texans have the personnel to do that? To me, watching that game, it was like it's sort of like, you know, I always say in boxing house, house make fights, and the Colts had personnel. Their offensive line was mowing the Chiefs. I mean, um, do the Texans have that personnel to do that? Well, that's the question. That's a legitimate question. Um, they did – I think they have the commitment. They handed the ball off <clears throat> to Hyde 21 times. He didn't get a great average, but they did. They did try to. They did make an honest attempt to run the ball. Uh, the other backs uh, got got better averages. So again, it's a counterintuitive pick, but I'm going to go with that one. Okay. All right. Just 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 wondering. Uh, you know um, what you thought about that? But uh, Texans plus four and a half. Okay. So what else we got? Got the Niners Rams over fifty and a half. I think this is a shootout. The Niners are healthy. Got a lot of firepower. They're playing well. The Rams, um, you know, kind of hit a little skid. I think we've seen now the the Ram defense that looked pretty good early in the year. We're seeing it's looking more like it looked most of last year, in spite of the great Aaron um, Aaron Donald. So I think it's going to be a shootout. Rams Niners over fifty and a half. Gus, we love you. We love you. We love you and respect you, brother. But I've analyzed that Niners defense. The Rams can't put up enough points on them to get to fifty nine. Well, we'll see. Well, no, but, but but can the Niners put up? You know, all they have to put up is what? Uh, you know, twenty-five. Each, each team put up twenty-five. Twenty-seven, twenty-four game it. does it. A twenty-seven, yeah, twenty-four yeah, game. Yeah, twenty-seven, does it. twenty-four. You're right. Either way, you're right. 
Yeah, that's all you need. So, okay, over over the 50 and a half. And then we have, uh, let me see what we have. Is a couple of games I know you have, that you had some uh, thoughts about. So yeah, that's what I've got. Three more. Um, Tennessee, Tennessee, um, um, Denver under forty. Um, uh, Tennessee has a very good press def- press corner. They're probably deeper at corner than anyone in the league. Um, Joe Flacco isn't going to run for anything, so I mean, I, I think that they're going to be able to um, reasonably hold him down. We don't have we don't have either team has doesn't have a dynamic passing attack. I think they're going to try to both have the same game plan, and uh, they're going to shorten the possessions. Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, Denver under forty and a half. Um, the last two, Titans plus two. I think the Titans are going to win the game. Um, again, I think it's for a lot of the same reasons that press uh, corner co- coverage of theirs, and the Eagles plus three. And the analysis there is very simple. Kirk Cousins. Um, that's all I need to really say <laughs> in my mind. Um, my two upsets by the line: Titans over the Broncos. They're two point underdog, and the Eagles over the Vikings. They're three point underdogs. <laughs> Got you. All right, here's my thing, right? So I heard what you said about the Titans and their press defense. So is it is it does it make sense? And this is, this is not really gambling related; it's really fantasy related. But I have to make this decision about my third receiver every week. Um, <laughs> in terms in, in, in terms of starting Sutton, who plays for the Broncos, who has been hot as of lately. Can't lie, he's definitely been hot. But uh, it's always either him or Edelman. So I go with Edelman tonight. You know, and Edelman is not a hundred percent. They play the Giants. That's your choice, him or Edelman. Yeah, I think matchup. Or this is Sutton. So I mean, Edelman Sutton, but Sutton's been hot. I think matchup wise, it's Edelman. But I mean, you know, hey, let's let's say the guy the guy I beat last week in fantasy, he left over sixty points on the bench, and and it wasn't obvious choices. It was guys, wow, that guy all of a sudden had twenty five points. This guy had thirty. It was like it was, you know. So we can go by the matchups, but at the end of the day, you know, X percentage of fantasy is just luck. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I agree with you. Listen, listen, I won more chips in my league than anybody, and I, I, I'm the first person. It's funny of me saying that because I, I think it's all luck. I mean, because it really <laughs> it's about timing. It's about timing. Well, you can make an educated guess. Thing, you can make an educated guess, but, I mean, again, I let go of Mac. I let go of Mac, and he's a feature back. I probably should have kept him, but, I mean, hey, what can you say? I kept Fournette. And he finally is starting to deliver for me. So, you know, again, you can make educated guesses, but at the end of the day, they are guesses. That's exactly what it is. But, Gus, man, listen, thank you for your time. Um, so we got the Panthers minus 2.5, Bengals plus 11.5, Texans plus 4.5, Niners and Rams over 50.5, Titans plus 2, Eagles plus 3. You got the Titans and the Eagles both winning an upset. So those are your picks this week. We appreciate it, and I um, look forward to hearing from you next week. Gus, before okay. we before we uh, before we let you go, mm-hmm. are you gonna let Jimmy slide? Well, you gonna let the, Jimmy uh, slide on that, his on choice that. on his choice of running back? Based well, on running that brother, no running back. Christian McCaffrey. You gonna let him slide? Of course. Christian versus who? Well, it doesn't really matter. You gotta go with Christian. If he's healthy, unless he's yeah, just I, no, no, yeah. What do you what, listen, man? Be awesome. And not not only is he my running back, I picked him at like what number two or three. I forgot where I was in the draft. Like, what are you talking about, man? No, seventy five percent of Christian McCaffrey Gus. is better than most Gus. guys right now. 
Gus, I'm 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 being I'm being facetious. Jimmy knows me, so he knows why I'm being. You can't you know what I ask me about is he the best white running back we've ever seen, right? I'm gonna let listen, he's been cooking for me this season, so I'm gonna let that go. Like I'm gonna let that yeah, go. You gotta stay with him. Yeah. But Gus, man, listen, we appreciate you, man, as always, man. Thank you for your time, man. And we look forward to seeing how these picks work out. Oh, excuse me, these investment plays. And, um, you know, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Okay. One last thing. I'm, uh, next column is going to be on football and imperialism. Football and imperialism. Be, hope to get it out to you by the end of the week. Speaking Uh-oh. of McCaffrey. Uh-oh. We look forward Uh-oh. to it. There you go. Great segue. <laughs> All right, Gus. But we'll take it easy. All right. All right, peace. Yeah, man. So those were what his uh his picks of the week. I can't wait to read that article. I gotta see how he, you know how he draws this correlation right here, man. Um, From all over uh, the world. Listen, man. Be awesome. I gotta hear. I gotta hear. It's time for you to put your. Uh, your educated brother from the bank hat on, man. I want to hear your your true thoughts on this. What's going on in the world of the National Basketball Association with um Daryl Morey and uh his since deleted tweet that he did on October fourth. I'm not sure how much of the story you read or or how much you looked into this, but um mm-hmm. he shared an image on his uh Twitter account with a slogan that says "Fight for Freedom" and uh "Stand with Hong Kong." So um, mm-hmm. give a little just to give a little context uh. A piece of legislation was introduced over the summer in Hong Kong, which proposed that uh, the ability to extradite criminal suspects back to China, um, drop these suspects into a Chinese justice system, which pretty much convicts everybody. Um, there are immediate concerns about, you know, protesting the civil rights of citizens and prevent from their target being targeted unfairly. So protests broke out everywhere, and I'm not sure how, what people know about. Um, Politics across the world, but uh, it got kind of na- it's nasty over there right now. So um, mm-hmm. the nature of the bill inspired tons of government protests, and some of the demonstrations have turned violent. You know, um, and they withdrew the bill, but that was only after protesters demanding that they formally did so. But it's it's real it's real nasty over there now. And Daryl Morey's kind of sweet in China, you know, with in which the NBA is very 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 popular, specifically. The Houston Rockets, who Daryl Morey uh, works for, are very popular because of the, uh, you know, Yao Ming. Mm-hmm. And the NBA is is making all kinds of bread over there. So not only is the NBA making all kinds of bread, the Rockets are making all kinds of bread. And because of the Rockets Association, James Harden makes millions of money in China on an annual basis, they say. But um, China mm-hmm. acted very canceling games, appearances, all kinds of stuff. They stopped showing the NBA. Like they they pretty much you know they, they flex, put the murder they game flex on very very fast, dude. It's very they very smack fast. Them around. Yeah, they smacked them around. So I, I just want to hear your opinion on this whole situation because it's interesting. I heard a lot of different perspectives that uh, Maury should have just like you know have to have to pay attention to what he tweets out. Um, you know, the NBA has historically been let's put it this way: they've been perceived as the most progressive league. But it's okay to be progressive until you start, you know, messing with the they dollar cents and, you know, I am so happy that we have an opportunity to peel the onion back on this particular topic because there's multiple perspectives. And that's what we do best here at the World. We bring you multiple perspectives. 
you know, whether you want to analyze the Ten Crack Commandments and how relevant it is to your life years and years and <laughs> miles and miles away from the sale of that particular commodity, or you want to talk about, you know, who has the best toots. I know the listeners right yeah. now are like, what yeah. are you talking about? But uh, get your weight yeah. up, read the uh, read the book, Sports, and you'll, you'll understand. So, you know, Vegas probably. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like Miami. Um, so when we examine this, the first thing that the black protectionist perspective in me is going to say is, Daryl Morey, did you speak up or did you tweet out when Amber Geyer was able to get a smack mm-hmm. on the wrist? Considering that over 75% of your players in the league that your team is in are of African or black descent or are black. Uh-oh. Did you, did you, did you stand up and take issue with some of the things going on in this country that impacted its citizenry? Are you this vocal about quote unquote black issues or human rights issues uh, where the U S is culpable? Are you, are you adamant? about standing up for the number of cities that don't have clean water or properly functioning infrastructure for its citizens. Are you this active or, or did you decide to make this tweet? Because as we know, and, and, and maybe our listeners aren't in the know, but we're in the know. Daryl Morey is the type of guy, he doesn't mind the spotlight being shown on him from time to time. He's not the type of executive that just wants to go quietly off into the night. He wants a little bit of credit for the things that he does. So I think that in this day and age of social media, that was a play that he knew would move the needle. He took a risk, but I'm interested in whether or not he's uh, 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 one of these people that are quote unquote, socially conscious and a warrior for human rights or whether he's trading on the impact and the needle move and the attention that, you know, popular opinions that tie to social justice and social rights bring, right? Because it's cool, you know, it's cool from time to time, it becomes in vogue to stand up for disenfranchised or mistreated classes of people. But is that who you are? Or were you just trying to get a needle move and it backfired? So that's, that was the first thing that I thought. The second thing that I yeah. thought was, do you, and I'm sure you do, but I'll ask, do you know who holds the most public debt? Do you know who the number well, one debt owner is? Well, yeah, China. Oh, so that's, and I say that as a broader it's a broader microcosm of what is reality. Like, so a lot of us don't necessarily pay attention to that, but he who invests in you is who you are actually answerable to. So even as you watch the 45th president posture and that tariffs to goods and services, the reality is the people's Republic of China with 1.4 billion people and almost limitless resources, and probably the second strongest economy to the U.S., maybe third, own the United States. 
They've got a trillion dollars invested. A trillion. That's with a T, not a billion, not a hundred billion, a trillion. That's a thousand billion. <laughs> Yo, they got trillions, they got trillions of money. Trillions and trillions of money. So I say that to say, going back to the NBA, the NBA is so far in bed with China due to David Stern's policies prior to Adam Silver. There's, you know, when China barks, the NBA has no choice but to listen. So the question becomes, what what is more important to you, social justice or where your your bread is buttered and where the money is coming from? And obviously we know the answer. The answer is the bag. These these NBA players, never mind the Rockets, never mind the Rockets, starting with in the Jordan area from Nike, man, in the offseason, these athletes run to China like nobody's business on the quiet. Like now it's popular because of social media. The world over you see and you track what they're doing. But even before 2004, when Twitter and Facebook hit, prior to that in the late 80s, NBA players have been going to China to get the bat because there's 1.4 billion people and 600 million of them watch TV and at least half of them are sports fans participating in basketball. They love the NBA. NBA games are broadcast in China regardless of the team, just like they're broadcast here in the U.S. So cats will go to China, you know, unbeknownst, to the 400 million people that live here and they have more fans over there than here. So the NBA is embedded in China and they have to answer to Chinese, to the Chinese marketplace, just the same way the U S has to answer to the Chinese marketplace, because you can flex and you can make a lot of noise like a Daryl Morey and say, you have an issue with human rights over there, the Chinese look back and they say two things. First of all, they say, we own you, so shut the F up. But secondly, they look at the U.S. the same way the rest of the world does. Who are you to discuss human rights when your law enforcement is legally allowed to murder certain protected classes of individuals? Who are you to point at us about human rights when you, when, when, when reparations for slavery was brought up in the UN, you guys, your your delegation got up and walked out of the meeting, not once, not twice, but on multiple occasions. And by the way, this was not under Donald Trump's watch. This was under, most recently, under uh, President Obama. So the rest of the world kind of laughs when Americans take this position of being higher and mightier than thou with regards to their ethics and morals, because yeah, we're hypocrites. We're hypocrites. So uh, that's my diatribe, brother. I got. Let me get off the soapbox and let you rock, brother. But that no, those are the vantage points that I examined. No, that's what I was, I was looking for. I wanted to see. I wanted to see where where you took it when you heard it because I had those thoughts. I've been thinking about it for a while because it, it as it kept popping up in the news because and it kept like dropping the hammer. Like, oh, okay, so watch this. Lakers event canceled. Watch this TV canceled. Like they were basically showing how much you know power they was messing up a lot of money. Yo, yo, uh, Jimmy, real, you know, real play. quick, real quick. While you, while you rock, think about this. I know, I ha- we have an idea what the TV contract is over here, 
But what is the television contract for NBA basketball worth in China where there's 600 million eyeballs that why they have yeah. cable TV? And, I don't know what it is, and that's but why, I'm just asking. And, um, and shout to Hank, because Hank was saying, like, could this become an issue with the Bears Association? Like, yo, you messing up money for our players. Like, you know, how, how far will this, this one tweet, you know, will it cost him his job? Like, what will happen as a result of this? Because man, if it gets if it gets if it gets too real, the contract money. If it gets too real, man, the Rockets will send Daryl Morey over there to do a year in a day, man. <laughs> Keep it on. <laughs> Yo, go do some time. In the, I've watched Locked Up Abroad. I don't think that's a. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think he want that. He don't want that smoke. Like, yo, go over there and do that. it. <laughs> go do this oh. quick bed. Do this quick bed. Yeah, you know I mean, do some fed time. Yo, because everything yeah. in China oh, is fed yo. time. Yo, Darren Moore might not come back, but love it. Like they don't play them. They don't play them. Don't play them tight games, man. But I'm interested to see how this whole thing plays out. Um, you know what I'm saying? So man, it, it'll be interesting. But the crazy part is when I read this, I was like, the Rockets of all teams, because that's the that's like the worst. The Rockets of all teams. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, why the Rockets? No, that is not the squad because their relate, like you say, their relationship with China due to Yao Ming is different than every other team in the NBA. They, they, they have, they have their logos and writing in Chinese here in the U.S. at certain times of the year. Like, yeah, they, they, yeah, he, yeah, he. If you had to dollarize the value of his mess up, where would you put that at? Like, how much money has he cost the NBA and the Rockets, Man. bro? That's interesting, right? So, Otto Tobias is in the group chat. He said that uh, kind of. He said it's kind of funny that China told LeBron the NBA to shut up and dribble, and that's what those players did. We ain't see a lot of nothing. They shut up and dribbled. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of Tobias! Talk your head. <laughs> China is their daddy. <laughs> yo, yo, oh, yo, 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 we gotta go deep, D- Jimmy. We gotta go deep, man. We gotta go. This is complete supposition, but y'all all know the answer. Yo, hold on, real quick. I just want to bring this up before you make your point because the buys put up another great point about the NBA. Because the NBA, I said, they're always seen as the most progressive. He said, but how can the NBA be so progressive when they allowed um, Donald to own the Clippers for all those years? Like, how progressive are they really? Yo, Tobias, Tobias, I've been telling you for years, man. Get your podcast weight up, man. Get your podcast weight up, bro. Listen, listen. And I'm going to take it back here again. We'll leave the NBA, but we'll acknowledge it's a microcosm of American society, right? Which really breaks down to there is no culture in America and everything's for sale, but that's another topic for another day. You only think that there's culture here. So if four Chinese-American young men were murdered by law enforcement, what do you think the response would be of the country, the People's Republic of China, Hong Kong, and the U.N. on American affairs. What do you think that response would be? Mm. Big point. (laughs) If Chinese-American young men and women 
were suffering from police brutality in their communities, what do you think the response would be of the country of China? They, they, it'd be problematic. It would be problematic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but 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 that's the thing though. That, that's the thing about like culture culture tying people together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's why a lot of people believe in order for us to succeed as you know let, let, let's let's Africans in America that part of the mm-hmm. thing that we we never look to and part of the solution is to invest and build up the motherland. Because there, even there, if you're there was a gentleman. Even if there was a gentleman, there was a gentleman that tried. There was a gentleman that tried, sir. Uh, he was in North Africa, and we will not speak his name. But salute to him. Oh yeah. And uh, right and, and 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 Hillary and Hillary, yo, she roofed him immediately. Got him right up out of it. Yeah. 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 They're going. They're going to get Akon. They're going to get Akon next. But you didn't hear that from me. But go ahead, man. I'm, I cut you off. Yeah. Yo, yo. For those out there listening, man, yo, protect Akon at all costs, man. Protect Akon and Acoin. Yo, we got to protect him at all costs, beloved. Because that's the thing. Um, but a lot of people believe that. A lot of scholars, people you talk to, believe in order to have any sort of power here, you got to have power home. And, you know, yo. so, you know, yo. whether that's your I'm going to go. I'm going to go here. I know you're well, you're a well read brother. Do you know that the concept of countries, like actual countries, didn't really exist on that continent until the 19th century and really didn't go into effect until the 20th century? Mm. Let that sink in. Interesting. The divisiveness so of outside influence. Yeah, we need to build up our continent. Let's put it that way. We need to build up the whole continent. I mean, let's start with a country within the continent, you know. But uh, but at the same time, that's where we need to invest our money. Yo, by the way, Ghana's um, giving out citizenship to people, um, you know, uh, who are part of the diaspora. You go to Ghana right now. Ghana Yo, got some 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 flaws. Shout out, shout out to uh, my wife and my wife and her family, and I am a dual citizen with acreage and land, so we could. But that's neither here nor there, man. Listen, I I. Ain't I looked at I looked at what Daryl Morey said, and I took it and I analyzed it from so many different vantage points, um, and I just think it's really really interesting the repercussions and implications of those repercussions and how much weight and influence China really holds. And I sometimes feel like they allow the forty five to jump up and down and make his noise. Because they know if they really wanted to flex, it would be a problem, man. It's just the same as if no, all of the Latino brothers and sisters say, yo, I'm done cutting grass. I'm done doing these menial. Yo, well, what would y'all do? Well, listen, man. Uh, yo, y'all don't look down on said Nothing at all. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, listen, man, any, anywhere I'm at in the world, I'm talking about anywhere, on any continent, any country, any island, yo, China's buying everything. And I'm not saying Everything. that like you know, it's, it's, it's an actual fact. I mean, I, I go to Yo, Jamaica it, once it, a year, it, and they, they buying Jamaica crazy. When I was in Australia, no. and I'm looking at what's going Yo. on, they buying that. Yo. I was in Ireland, they was buying that. Like I ain't even, doing. I ain't even, I ain't even gonna ask you where in West Africa you've been. We'll leave that for another topic. But you best believe, yo. They're Buy over it. in, uh, they're over in West Africa with a counter, with a a, with with a instrument 
that is set up to combat the World Bank and IMF, and they over there doing infrastructure projects heavy in West Africa. So, yo, they they know what their weight is and what they're worth. Yo, it, 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 that's why like, even on a, it, it goes from a na- it goes from like an international level to a national level to a local level. Even on a local level, I see like um, what they buy. Soon as soon as the weather breaks, they're buying up all of our neighborhoods. Like if you want to keep it local, um, and they don't even get involved in like some of the, the craziness that we do with politics, brutality, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. They just pretty no, much I'm not interested in politics, man, because they know their dollar <laughs> is their vote. I'm cool. Yo, I buy everything. I'm gonna buy. <laughs> I'm gonna buy everything, and I'm gonna buy. They, yo, they people, yo. Like yo, when you yo, they, they buy people. But you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it, it's 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 crazy, man. Listen, th- th- we we went off on the main tangent with this, man. But I know Tobias is waiting for a minute. We gotta get Tobias on the line because he's been dropping bars. So here, what are you gonna um? Yes, kind of yes, fire you to sit here and roll the tie. Tobias, hey, I'm glad the phone lines work. Good job, brothers. Uh, you know, it's shout out to Dev. Hey, it's shout out to Dev for pulling. Shout out to our brother Dev hey, out there. Yeah, good management. Hey, pulling Le'Veon Bell, skipping the show and taking pictures, gallivanting on the beach. Good job, Le'Veon <laughs> Devin. Uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, I do want to bring up Ben Simmons real quick if I touch on this. I know everybody's going crazy about him shooting at three. The problem is the NBA is two, three obsessed. The kid would be daily with just a 15 and 18 footer. That's oh, how Tobias, daily he could be. Tobias, on the low, on the low, what you just said, going to make his individual game better and his team game worse. Watch what I tell you. Yes, Uh-oh. because the, the problem is, plus my Dodgers are analytic team, they keep kind of hate Kershaw. But anyway, uh, <laughs> here's the thing. They talk about, like, the three-point shot. Look at Harden, for example. All he, he's easy to guard one of the best teams because all he does is jack up threes and go to the hole. What about the fifth team Steph Curry and Klay Thompson does? People so obsessed with the analytics, but when it comes to rubber meeting the road, that's why Steph Curry and Clay and Kawhi, like even the guys in Portland before they got swept, they take those not the analytic shots. So if Ben get the fifteen <laughs> to eighteen footer, it will, hey, with his post game his passing ability, he will be deadlier than just jacking up threes. You know my opinion. Yeah, but I don't, uh, I don't think he's uh, worried about him jacking up. He's not going to jack up threes. He's not going to go from shooting him at all to jacking him up. I mean, maybe one three. I don't. He's not. And everybody going jacked. crazy. I don't think you have to worry about that at all. Uh, worry about that at yeah. all. They're going crazy because he didn't even like attempt them in the, in, the, in the past. But let me ask you a question though. I, I want. I want to get your perspective on this. What do you feel about analytics overall? Because you seem to be always anti-analytics. I want to know about reading that wrong. Or I'm a Dodger what fan. Do you feel baseball. See, I think like with baseball, okay. it's a problem in a way because uh, like last night, Walker Buehler. Not uh, not choke artist Kershaw, who couldn't who couldn't get a beer league player out if it was a postseason. But anyway, uh, the guy was going good. Damn the innings, the um, damn all this whole well, he pitched as many pitches. Hey, it's winner go home. Let's put the spreadsheet down when it's time to win and go home. 
I believe analytics is good for regular season. When it comes to the postseason, it's time to man up. And I think that's man. what Houston's problem being. Man, listen, listen. Analytics, ana, ana, analytics. What, what Tobias is saying, and you could correct me if I'm, I'm misquoting you or or misdirecting my words. What Tobias is saying is analytics fails to acknowledge the context, the context that the eye test and the gut gives you. It fails to acknowledge that, man. There's always context situational in a particular game. Yeah, but but just just bringing a different perspective, and just as a disclaimer. Um, you know, in, in, in real life, one of the things I do are analytics, but I do it from a real estate standpoint. So I study I study real estate analytics for a living. But I get both sides of the equation. But the one thing about mm-hmm. analytics is this: it's it, it's it's statistics, and and all it's doing is is measure measuring the odds. So if that's got you there, that's what you have to continue to do. The fact of the matter is, everything be regressive to the mean, and because of that. The more like so, you'll 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 always is never going to be perfect. Analytics can't be perfect. They're not it's meant not. to be perfect, and they never will be perfect. But the fact of the matter is, statistically speaking, let's say it this way. Let me say it that way. Statistically speaking, things usually regress to the mean, meaning that if this is what the data is showing you, this is what you do. Now, you also have to make sure that whatever model you use to give you this information is calibrated correctly and is putting the correct information in there. So the more data you have, the better chances you are of making the correct yeah. decision. So even with You're the right. whole thing with Steph and Clay and all those things, Harden is still probably considered a more efficient player based upon statistics <laughs> and analytics. What's, what, what's going to separate what's going to separate what's going to separate from them is the fact that uh, Steph has a Clay and Clay has a Steph. James Harden don't have a Steph or he don't have a Clay. So it's he don't easy like to point the ball. to the analytics. It's, it's, it's easy to point to the analytics and say, um, you know, he's not accomplishing what they're accomplishing. But uh, Steph can point to Clay and say, hey, I have a Clay. And Clay can point to Steph and say, I have a, a, a Steph. And it's also easy to share the ball. So, so this, you're it, not sharing the ball to, to a Clay, right? I remember Charles Barkley said, people say I can share the ball more. He said to who? Charles Shackleford? And, and, and his point was, it's easy to tell me to share the ball, but do you see who I got to share the ball with? Yeah. Five or 18 from three-point range and two for four for two. Take a jumper, playboy. But now anyway, the, y'all talking about – Now the pressure's going to be on, but now he has rust. And now he has rust. So those excuses, he really Jesus. can't say, who am I going to share the ball with? So, like, you know what I mean? CP3, they didn't get along. But now he has his buddy. They're, they're, they're boys, and, you know, they're walking around, you know, looking sus. So they go, you know, try to outdress each other. So try and wear women's kind of more like, women's okay. clothing and more more pants. <laughs> yeah, Houston is going to be. You know what though? I'll say this, and y'all talk about the NBA thing, right? Uh, I also put down in there if the NBA is so progressive, how come Craig Hodges and Mahmoud Abdul Rauf got blackballed? If the NBA is so aggressive, kind of free speech, and you're right. Um, when it comes to that. The NBA was the one but, that had a rule saying you gotta stand for the flag, but but you know, but no one wants to talk about that. And I, and see, here's the thing, right? My thing hey, is, smart, great I market. understand. I he's also the king of marketing. Joel is. And, hey, like Phil Maddox said, I don't blame him for not saying nothing in the country. <laughs> you, you get the hell out the country first, then you can say what you yeah. want. But here's the problem. Now, I'm not as educated on that. What's going on over there? Because I ain't gonna lie. My priorities happen to black people here in this country. And if the NBA is 
And the NBA is so progressive. Now, I ain't talking about wearing a T-shirt that doesn't challenge white supremacy because all you're doing is saying, hey, let's be equal. That ain't challenging white supremacy. You ain't doing that. But the problem, but the thing what people got to understand is the NBA is not progressive. If they were so progressive, yes. Same year, a black man, I think his name was Keith Scott, got was an unarmed black man killed by police from the NBA then. And that's well, an all-star game happening the thing, that right? same season. Perception, the perception of the NBA is that they're progressive. That's always the perception when it comes to the major, the major leagues. But the fact of the matter is none of the leagues are progressive because they can't be progressive because they're business, and business is to be progressive. Bingo. When you have a, you have a business, Word. your objective is to sound all Milton Friedman. I'm not trying to find Milton Friedman, but it's the, the, you're, 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 you answer to shareholders. There was a gentleman the other day, right? I, I, I was, I was uh, watching C, uh, CNBC, and it was, I forgot, but it was one of the pharmaceutical companies, and their CEO was on there. And they were going off because they were saying, like, you know, people are using your drugs for this, your drugs cost too much this. And he said, listen, I hear what you're saying, but I don't answer to our customer. I don't answer to you. I answer to shareholders because I run a business. And they were taken aback by that. And I'm like, why are they taken aback by that? That's how things work. Because, because there's so, so few people in this country understand business from the other side of the table. This is a consumerist culture. So everybody's a consumer. So as a consumer, you're driven by emotion, right? Emotion leads you to spend money. If you're sad, go buy something. If you're happy, go buy something. If you're depressed, go buy something. And that emotion is what you think with. So when my man answers, look, I answer the shareholder. That's so foreign to them. It's as if he started speaking Swahili. Period. Because people don't I'm understand amazed. this. I'm amazed. I'm amazed, right? I'm amazed at how many people still believe in big organizations. I'm going to say big organizations. I'm going to tie in professional like uh, sports leagues, um, colleges, uh, government, uh, big business. As, like, as if those big organizations you know, have morals, right? As if they stand yeah, for something more. Yeah, but I'm still shocked. I'm still more shocked of a dollar. people actually believe in them. It's amazing to me. Yeah, man. It's it, crazy. It, it is. It is, but they do that to comfort themselves. Let me also say this. The NBA does a good job of telling a story. As Jimmy said, marketing, they do a good job of telling a story that shows rich, young black men, right, even more so than the NFL, not because the players' associations are weak versus strong, not because of – it's because of a thing called helmet head, right? We don't know or relate to NFL players the same way we know and relate to NBA players. And and you associate being some some semblance of wealth with NBA players. So that story is trumpeted as if that means progressive. That's what, that's what, that's trumpeted. Like, Oh, we're, we're progressive. We create more rich young black men, you know, and that can be leveraged. In, in that dialogue and pushing that narrative. You know what else also? Listen, y'all man. talking about that. Good point, B. Austin. The thing is also, people don't get about the NBA. We got to be honest about this. They have the same issues with black men. and how, I just say men because males and all that good stuff before the PC police come after me. Uh, <laughs> you, still have a, you still have an issue with black. I think the NBA having black general managers. 
that make our decision makers. You don't you don't see that many of those, but no one talks about that. The NFL has, but I think they got a couple out there, even though the ones in Miami may not be around that long. Shout out to a hard knock life. But here, but I look at it like this. People got, I'm talking about our community, for example. Athletes, professional athletes are high-priced employees. We have to stop looking at employees to fight our battle. I'm talking about entertainers, that is, because they're be holding to that buck. Most, most of them don't have LeBron's money. I know, like, my lady, she's talking about, well, what about the average person? I said, the problem with our community is we only listen to the celebrities in most parts. If Le- it's like, I could say, because LeBron, I'm not picking on him using him because he has a big name. He has more of a reach than someone like us because of celebrity See, worship in this country. No, but but that but that's part of it. But right, but the thing is, people have in conjunction because celebrities do get attention. They have the ability to draw attention, and even though you can say they're employees, employees, but they also have leverage and they also have means. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is. Do they care to make a difference? We've seen in the past athletes make a difference. I mean, I, I've, I've read the history. I've seen what Lou Alcindor did of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I've seen what Bill Russell was able to accomplish, Muhammad Ali. And, but the fact of the matter is, they well, also they grew up in a different climate, right? When you when you and less you, money also to than the guys that today. You are, exactly. So they so it wasn't the same, right? And they didn't grow up with um, iPhones and Air Jordans, right? So it's a it's a whole different climate. So it has to be attacked. You can't you can't use strategies from back then to attack a problem, even though it's the same problem that exists now. You can learn from it and 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 use those strategies and add to it. But the fact of the matter is, these athletes do they want? Do they actually want to make a difference? Because a lot of them don't care. They don't care about community. They care about self. They they practice rugged individualism, and because they practice rugged individualism. And doesn't even matter to them, Jimmy. Jimmy, they they are conditioned. White people get these kids early. They condition them with that individuality. You know how the star athletes always get sheltered. They get sheltered. They get taken away. Cause I remember something, right? And Coon Lock and some of these other people getting on Kaepernick, right? Even though I do think it's time for him to speak, they were like, "Well, he went that way till he met Nessa, his girlfriend." Like that was a bad thing. For the woman you love to make you a better man, <laughs> you think about things, Listen, and so man, just think I, I, about funny. those things. I, it, it, that's that, that's that's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. It's funny because I tell Dev this all the time. I always tell Dev in 2019, Detroit Red would have never been able to become Malcolm X. They would have never allowed it. They've been holding him to yeah. to a different standard. They would have said, "Oh, he ain't changed until Elijah Muhammad." Like they would they would have hit him with that. that. That's basically what you're saying. People have to be allowed to grow. You know, um, speaking of Ali, he says if you're the same person that if you were at 20, you just wasted 30 years of your life. You dig what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, we all grow. The matter is, we all you're supposed grown. to grow. Yeah, and Jimmy, I, I, to be honest, I say these two quick things. I lived overseas, and y'all, many people may not know this. I'm an Air Force veteran, and I've been employed overseas to the Middle East a couple of times. Those people, they think America made things worse. They'll, they'll talk to the brothers. They hate white people, but they'll talk to the brothers. Uh, of course. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. But they but they like, hey, he, whoever it was, they say Don, for example, may not have been perfect, but they want to be left alone. Just like the Chinese people don't want to be left alone. And the, and the thing, the one advantage today's athletes have is have the money now 
to uh, to uh, come together to to probably back politicians to create some kind of institution where you can give like LeBron's doing his people they creating and hopefully his people are creating is that they have the finances now. But but that's that, the, but that's that, the issue. The issue is because they have the issue. Do they because care? they have the money. Exactly. I tell you, like, and, and it's and it's easy to point to this, but the fact of the matter is, um, go up and down your block. Most black people practice rugged individualism. It's easy to point to the celebrities, but half of my, like, ninety percent of my family feel the same way as celebrities. They might make eighty thousand a year, and they don't want to deal with you, uh, uh, with their own people. You dig what I'm saying? So well, white it's people easy to time. point to the celebrities, but listen, it's easy to point to the but the black bourgeoisie is a real thing. That is a real thing. <laughs> So oh yeah, yeah. And that and that and that pathology in our community has never really been addressed, and it and it lends itself. I was having a conversation today when it lends itself to a form of self hatred. It, it's it's not even you ask the person, do you hate yourself? Of course they would say hell no, but we hold our own people to a higher standard than we hold others to because we're quick to indict us and we're not aware of other narratives, right? So I had a conversation with a a young man today who was looking directly at the Asian cultural model for business, right? Cooperative economics and all of those things that we, that we chat about, right, Jimmy? And so they were saying, Hmm, why don't we do that? We, we're failure because we, we don't do that or we haven't. And so what I had to do was list out all, not all, but a number of examples where we have practiced cooperative economics in communities throughout the U.S., but the majority of black folks have never heard of that. They've never heard of those examples because that narrative has been suppressed, right? So then we come back to why we are practicing rugged individualism, it's because we don't see the value in us as a collective. We we see it in, in being an individual. I can make it and elevate to this, but I don't want to bring the rest of these figures along. Man, and, you know, my nerve, I can do it by myself. Yo, I'm the exception. But, so. and, and to, and that, but that's why I never get on the whole bandwagon of these celebrities got to do this and they got to do that because I used to say that. Then I, I had to take a step back. Right, and I, I look at my own circle, right, and 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 look at my family, people that live on my block, and all these kind of things, and I'm like, yo, <laughs> y'all all feel that way, y'all feel that way, and, and y'all not a celebrity, so you know, it, it really comes down to you have to be able to do yourself. A lot of times when I, the first thing I before I complain about somebody is I ask myself, I'm doing what I need to do. You dig what I'm saying? Talk about as an individual, and then work outward. So. I say that to say, man, it ain't about LeBron. It ain't about KD. Like, what's going on on your block? You dig what I'm saying? Because it's a deep issue, and, you know, we have been conditioned. All of us have been conditioned. I consider myself to be – I don't want to use the term woke because I hate the term woke, but someone – a conscious brother. And I caught myself last week, right? I I was telling my wife, I was like – I use the service. uh, You know, I try to support as many black-owned businesses as possible. And I went to a black business, and I got an amazing service, amazing product, and all that. And I was like, "Yo, I was not that I was in shock, but I, it was it was so good that I was like, I don't know, I was a little in shock." And then it hit me like, "Why am I in shock that I got grace? I'm supposed to 
service from a business, whether it's black, white, or whatever. Yep. When you pay your money, you're supposed to get good service. But I'm so conditioned, even as someone who's quote-unquote woke, that a little bit of me still was like, yo, I can't believe I had service like that. You dig what I'm saying? You know what? You know like, what? Here's the thing. Sometimes I'll say you like, yourself like, yo. Yep. And we had to be, and you write about conditioning. Like, there's a, I found a black-owned wing spot out here. It took me like 35 minutes to get there. But I still shoot by there, you know, giving the money. So I remember like this Asian lady on my Facebook page. She's a she's owned a lot of restaurants in the D.C. area. Yes, in D.C. So if y'all live that black people, you probably got kicked out by her. But anyway, it was gentrification. <laughs> but 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 she was, I was asking her because I remember I got hit up by a financial advisor worked for Edward Jones, but I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to be a big black guy knocking on doors. But uh, she was like. Yeah, we don't have outsiders come in and handle our money or our issues. I think one thing is, I'm not saying that culture is golden, but I think the problem is also is that we don't want us. We always look to everybody else for everything, solving issues. We're so yeah, that, goes, that goes that goes to that inferiority complex that is a part of the the pathology in American culture and its impact and effect on black people like athletes celebrities and us we don't believe we don't believe that we are capable of solving serving and helping ourselves there's got to be someone else that can do it for us because we have not seen as an example us working together cooperatively economically socially academically and it works out now there and and the examples of that happening are subverted. They are hidden. So the narrative is perpetuated that we do need someone else's culture in order for it to work. Man, look at them over there. Look at them over there, man. They do this. Why can't we do it? and and it's it's that crab in a barrel mentality, but I always flip that when used and say, "Listen, a crab's natural habitat is not in a barrel." So why are you even mad? You're, you should be mad at being in the barrel. Who put the barrel How'd the crab get in the barrel? Go ahead, Jimmy. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say. No, I was going to say that it's, it's even deeper than that because when you start talking about a culture. Or, or something that ties us together. Most of our culture was not from us. Now we have a new culture here in in, a, in America, but a lot of us don't even like try. We try to act as if our because there is a culture, it's an African American culture in America, but a lot of us act like it is one. But if you talk about a, a culture that would tie us all together, a lot of that has been robbed from us, right? So when I talk to people who come from other countries, a lot of times they have cultures that tie them together. They actually have a home they can go to. They can go back to Ireland and, and be proud of that flag and go back. You know what I'm saying? Like so, it's it's man, it's a it's a deep conversation. Um, and I don't know how we yeah. got so far into this conversation from talking about but analytics. That's good, and though, Daryl, Daryl, Daryl Morey. I appreciate. I appreciate. Shout it. out to Daryl Morey, <laughs> man. But shout hey, out to Daryl Morey, man. Hey, I know you guys got to run, but I'll say this. There's a reason that they'll allow the LeBron James and James Harden of the world to be rich, but there's a reason they don't want you owning orange fields, chicken farms, and all that good stuff because it's hard to pass entertainment in your DNA down as being an athlete. But you can pass down that orange grove. Oh, and by the way, I'll say this. Mm. I, watch, I, I like watching. I watch a Hell's Kitchen reruns. 
And one of the guests that Gordon Ramsay had were the two brothers, CEOs of, of Omaha State. But they were fifth generation, uh, fifth generation CEOs of that company. How imagine black people had fifth generation of businesses that we had, like Jack Daniels. What we could have done, Man, we could have had a group economic if we had it, if we if we had it at listen, the beginning, and we didn't get a robbed. Uh, to that point, to that point, Tobias, I met I met a gentleman two weeks ago, um, and and we were talking about investments in stocks, and the brother had stock, literally that his grandfather passed down to his father that he now owns. Okay. Just in having that conversation, okay. when when he was telling me that, it hit me like, yo. My 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 father knew nothing about the actual markets or ownership of a corporation. It it hit me like what you just Yo. said. I was like, damn, like my family, my family didn't know what a stock was that. before me. Yo, same here, be Austin. But what I'm saying is, in that, in that conversation, I got like a like angry because it hit me. I mean, if, if I go back a couple of generations, we weren't even allowed. We weren't even yeah. allowed to own shares of, 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 of basically what fuels our our world. Um, all, all you gotta, asked, all you gotta, all you gotta know and realize is that a group of white men called trustees was able to walk off with fifty-three million dollars out of the Freedmen Bank scot-free, yeah. which would have been yeah. over a trillion dollars. And y'all talk about ownership? And y'all talk about ownership? Y'all can put me down I, with I, that. I, 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 Tobias, have you ever read the story of hey, the Freedmen's you, Bank? I gotta. I never read it. I gotta read that. I'll probably read yeah, it. Yeah, be awesome. the person that actually. Be awesome is actually the person that put me down with that. I went and looked it up after he um there, told me to. There was a and I read. I read yeah. a couple books on it. When I read a couple books on it, I just like got a state of depression for a week because I had never yo, read the story. But just look up yo, the he was in a state of depression because he would have had his own bank to go do his real estate investing with with his folks. And it, yo, that that's these are the types of stories that will place culpability and accountability at the feet of the dominant culture. So the Freedmen's Bank, and we got to go, we got to move on, because I know our listeners are like, what yeah. happened to the sport? But, but to buy it, yeah. there was a bank that accepted the deposits of ex-slaves. And by the early 1880s, they had amassed 53 million dollars in deposits, mm. which was the equivalent in today's currency of uh man what close to a billion bucks but 53 million dollars now on that board i'm i'm sad and sorry to say because he's the namesake of my alma mater but general uh general howard who is the the namesake of howard university was one of the leading members and trustees on the board they started making a ton of loans to white businessmen who just defaulted and didn't pay the loans back. So they essentially they stole $53 million from these ex-slaves, which assisted wow. with the calculations. Yeah. They, they, they ran off on the plug twice. That's what they did. They ran off on man, the plug twice. The sister did it. My call. Oh, man, you, you got yeah, it, brother. The sister absolutely. did a calculation, and... Fifty-three million paying three percent simple interest would be seven hundred and eighty-three million dollars as of two thousand seventeen. Damn, but hey, but you guys have a good one, man, and y'all take it easy, man. Absolutely, man. Thanks for your call. Thanks for your call, good brother. Peace, brother. Peace. Shout out to Daryl Moore, man. man. Yeah, we he he let us get off on our pontification game, man. You know. We we get a hand, get in our bag, man. Um, 
got a couple calls, but before we get into that, I got to get your uh, thoughts on a couple. Um, um, first off is Richard Lee. I mean Richard Lee because I was getting ready to say somebody else Lee, but Richard Sherman, right? Richard Sherman. Um, I don't know if you heard about what happened this past game where his Niners beat up on the Browns, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, like what's going on with the Browns. But specifically in this game, um, after the game, he was being interviewed, right? So Richard Sherman says, and this is a quote: "What's amazing and annoying was him not shaking hands in the beginning." And he was talking to Michael Silver of NFL.com, and he was talking about Baker Mayfield. Here's what he said: Back to the quote some college it's ridiculous we're all trying to psyched up but shaking hands with your opponent that's nfl etiquette if you pull bush leaf that's disrespectful to the game and believe me it's going to get fired up that's what uh rick sherman said of baker mayfield baker was like yo i did shake his hand i have no idea what he's talking about but the fact is you know people don't like baker mayfield so they thought that richard sherman was like you know telling the truth i was i was one jimmy i was i was one of them I was one of them. I ran with it. Yeah, so but then the footage came out and um he was lying. I don't even know why he was lying though. I don't I don't even understand what he was trying to get at. Yo. Yo. I was so mad at Richard Sherman that I hoped he didn't make it to the future. Um <laughs> this was this was absolutely ridiculous because Baker Mayfield is almost the epitome of white privilege in sports. And he gets away with disrespecting everyone. Richard Sherman, Baker Mayfield doesn't need any help. He's going to do it on his own. He's going to alienate himself, and he is going to be humbled and either be out of the league or find himself a way to change his perspective to be more humble. He doesn't need your help in doing so. I think that Richard Sherman is so thirsty for the limelight that he just made up a story to be able to get in front of the camera and in front of the microphone and talk his ish. And it really hindered and hurt his credibility because I, I've, I've always thought of Richard Sherman as a very intelligent and articulate person who's insightful, who has good thoughts and isn't afraid of taking the controversial position. But this super disappointed in dude, man, because he is an attention whore as well. Not, not cool, bro. Not cool. Cut your locks, B. Yeah, what's the point, though? Was it just to get attention? But because it's an easy, it's an easy target, and everything that I just said, and you will probably say with regards to who Baker Mayfield is, will, will be will be the position that Richard Sherman takes about him. But at the end of the day, you discredited yourself by being a liar and a fraud. So now you can't point your finger at Baker Mayfield. We pointing it at you because you a liar and a fraud. Cut your locks, B. Yo, <laughs> that the whole story to me was just crazy. Maybe somebody weigh in and like, you know, um, shot the nail and uh, Scott, you always holding the chat room down. We appreciate you and love you guys. Um, Scavio says Richard, Richard Sherman is hating. Uh, he haven't. He said that's a good point. Scavio said he hasn't heard Richard Sherman's name till just now, like since Seattle. So, and that's what Neil said. Yeah, he's just trying to get attention. So, I think all you guys are on to something because that's a good point, Scavio. Because I Cloud, haven't heard his Cloud name chasing. as mentioned as mentioned with San Francisco. But I also think Richard Sherman like really be like um, when he plays football, he has to like put on a persona. Um, 
So he ain't you really that whole, dude. Whole thing. Yeah, I I think that he's a different person off the so he has to like psych himself up and put on like a almost like a wrestler. If you remember um that whole situation, Jimmy, he Jimmy, Jimmy, I, I I I agree, I agree with that a hundred percent. I agree. I think Richard Sherman is naturally a nerd. I think he's a nerd and an unassuming guy that happens to be blessed do you remember with physical talent. Game a couple of years ago, the game a couple of years ago, he was in Seattle and they were playing the Niners and. He knocked the ball down at the end of the game. He said, don't you ever put a sorry receiver like Crabtree on me. And he was talking as if he was like Hulk Hogan or something. And he was like in character. <laughs> he, was, he was shooting. He was shooting a mean Gene Okerlund uh, snippet. Yeah, he was like doing a wrestling promo. And I'm like, maybe that's what he has to do in order to play football. Like, you know, I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that's what it is. Shot to uh Nah, boy a liar, man. Boy a liar. He got caught. Sherman has been relevant until then, until this uh, situation. So uh, maybe that's what's going on. You know, I guess I guess all you guys have have got it right. That's what's going on with him. Um, So uh, Ben Simmons' pointer, which was brought up by uh, Tobias, you kind of already waged in on that in terms of like have to watch out whether it'll hurt his team. But did you see the actual response? That video. uh, It was a bar in Philly. And they showed the showed the three pointer on, and people start celebrating like the Sixers won a championship. I thought that was one of the more funny videos, um, you know. But that Shows was, was where the game is. Yeah, yeah, we got a couple, uh, couple calls in line. Before we get to them, I give you two more quick things. Um, well, actually, no, just one more thing before we start bringing callers on, and that's uh, Shaq and Dame uh, round two. Shaq dropped the song. You know, Dame dropped the song. Did you hear any of them? And if so, what did you think? I heard Dames. I still got to get to Shaq. I've heard from third party that Shaq, Shaq stepped his game up now. Shaq ain't dead no more. I, no, Shaq's still dead, but Shaq is cheating, though. Shaq is picking popular beats that you're going to like anyway. Like, those beats that yeah. Shaq picked, like, you could, like, anybody can rap over. And, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, but that's either here. And Shaq dead, though. So, we can move on from that. Shaq is dead. We got a couple calls on uh, Rob's been waiting for a minute. Let's bring Rob in from Cali. We got another. We're gonna get our calls in line before we move on. Rob, what's up, good brother? Y'all, what's good, babe? It was good to be back, man. Rob, aka, so lays in a place with style and grace. Yo, it's your boy, <laughs> big, it's your boy big Rob, aka. Your fight lands at eight. My fight lands at nine. My game just rewind. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Yo, Rob came Rob, on the junk quoting Biggie. Yo, it's a good day. Rob, Rob out there, like, he's in the shot. He letting the ladies know he's willing to pay. But listen, Rob, real quick, though, what's the weather like out there, man? Because it's getting cold out here on the east, man. What's the weather like out there? 76 degrees, and I'm wearing short sleeves. Oh, that rhymes. Hey. Okay. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm hating. I'm hating. I'm hating. I'm hating. What's up, though? What you want to talk about? Oh, man. Oh, man. First of all, shout out shout out to y'all, that country, that country clown you got on there. He made some good points, man. I mean, uh, I do want to say this. I do want to say this, that you, we should support black businesses that support black folk. And I will also say support churches that support black folk, support in, black institutions support black folk. Because a lot of us, even me, I get caught up in like, okay, like, uh, in, the sim- in, 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 in the symbolic representation. And we shouldn't get caught up in that all the time. I mean, we have grandfathers who will always tell us all the time in baseball. I don't know if you got baseball heads. 
they always tell us all the time that Jackie Robinson was not the best black baseball player they had. He was a good representation because he went in the military. He'll put up with that. And, um, oh, yeah, he was college-educated, too. I forgot that he went to UCLA. So, yeah. Uh, hello? You went better than Satchel Page. Or, or, or even Josh Yo, Gibson. But, or even Josh Gibson. Yeah. Word. So, so yeah. basically, basically what you're saying is you're sort of like Barack Obama that he had to um, have be. No, ma. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, he was he was picked. He 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 was picked. Technically, Martin Luther King was picked, but the problem that they found with Martin Luther King is that he could think for himself. You know what I'm saying? He could actually think for himself. The black man could think for himself. But you know, um, oh, th- th- that's all I want to say. Support black business. If we're gonna get in the political process. We have to do the same thing and hold those black institutions accountable. Meaning, if you're meeting with, like, let's say, a candidate like a Kamala Harris, and she goes to your church, and and you're allowing her to speak and you're endorsing her, people should boycott Man. and not go to that church. Wait, 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 wait. wait, 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 wait Kamala, Kamala, Kamala's about Kamala's about taking it out of our community what value is there, and taking it to the other communities. Man, don't be fooled. That's true. That's true. That's true. Even, uh, even, but, but I'm talking about accountability. Like, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna get to sports. E- e- even with uh, when we come when it comes to reparations, which I do think in cash reparations, I think I think it should be more than cash. It needs to be land. It needs to be something substantial. You know, especially with with the way the economy is moving, where it's gonna be more technological than ever. So we we need something substantial to help help us, but I, I'm talking about hold accountable. That's why I understand that. Um, uh, well, that's, that's another conversation, but yeah, but but anyways, I want I want to say what's good. Uh, the Dodgers let us down. You know, LA is really sad right now. The Dodgers let us down. So fire everybody. I don't care. It's just it's just ridiculous. But. <laughs> Just fire, just fire everybody. <laughs> I, I, I'm not Yo, being serious. I'm not being serious. I'm not being serious. Is Magic still? Is Magic still? Is Magic still involved in the Dodgers? He's still a minority owner at this point. He was a good figurehead to get the name. I, I don't know. Everybody likes Magic. People, I don't know why. He's just one of them brothers. Is he just like glows? You know what you, I'm saying? That's, that's, you what? What? You wasn't outside oh, when Magic was doing his thing. That's, if you was outside when Magic was 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 in his prime, you understand why. Like, I understand why Magic is revered the way he is. But you know, at the end of the day, if we really want to talk about his success. Um, one of the things that I, that's admirable to me about Magic is the fact that Magic will is willing to put his hat in the ring and try pretty much everything. But if you really think about it, Magic fails more than he succeeds at pretty much anything. You know what I'm saying? Outside of outside of being a basketball yep. player, he pretty much failed at a lot of other stuff. But he's willing to keep trying though. That's why I like him crack. I'm asking, yo, give me a talk yeah, show. Yeah. It was the worst talk show I ever seen in my life. But he was willing to put his hat in there. Yo, let me go be in the studio with the NBA. It was absolute dreadful. Let me run the Lakers. Yo, let me let me be a let me be a dad. Let me be a dad to a son. It didn't work out, but he he got it off a couple of times. Oh come oh come on come on come on come on. So so, so we, we we really gotta go there. How about Joe Jackson? 
But anyways, I'm not talking about child abusers. But anyways, but that's another conversation about parenting. But you know, um, but, 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 but moving on, the the Lakers. He brought LeBron to the Lakers. That's the only thing, you know. I, coming to the Lakers regardless. No. Part of that don't y'all understand, man. Stop well, giving that man credit for that. What part you don't understand that? That that. Okay, okay. Moving on. I liked. I I didn't like the first game with Anthony Davis. That he was taking out. Slash, I think he took a three. Listen, man. His 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 butt his his butt needs to be to the basket, and he's the post up. He's not a freaking. Uh, uh, he's not a Oh Lord! I, I was about I, to say, what you think is this? Six? He need to go post up. What year is this? Who posts up in twenty nineteen? He's not like Clay, okay, 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 okay. Listen, Joel Embiid. I understand him taking outside shots because. He got bad knees. He's one injury away from retirement. I don't. I that's worse that. than Anthony Davis taking him. Yeah, why? Yeah, why? That one, cause you, 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 you do, do, do you want him to bank up and get hurt? Come on now. He's the well, strongest Joel player Embiid in the league. Joel Embiid has never been. Joel Embiid has never been a wing player. Anthony Davis has been a wing before. He's played on the edge, so it makes sense that he still has skill despite the height. Joel Embiid has never been a, a a wing player. He's never put the ball on the floor, and now all of a sudden yeah, he's changed his game to be able to chuck up three. Lofty with that, but my thing, my the, the game has changed, man. A lot of you cats out here talking about you gotta go post up, you gotta, yo, that's not that's not the game no more. The game ain't played that way. The rule the rules don't even lend themselves to people putting their ass in a box and sitting there hacking people down. Now, those days are gone. Nah, I, uh, uh, uh. Uh-uh. And also, like, listen, I'm balanced. I'm somewhere in between. I do believe that you should have an effective post game and footwork, but I'm not mad at somebody expanding their game and saying, yo, I could hit the tray. I could go to the block. I could play the mid post. I could do it all. So I'm not mad at Anthony Davis. And, and at one point in time, as I said, he did play on the wing. So he has ball skills to be able to. But we, but we also have to acknowledge that the rules have changed. The rules like don't prohibit you to do some of the things you used to do when we had great some, players. Some, I some. Mean, you can't back somebody down, but you can still catch and do moves at the post. You can still dominate on the block. Yeah, you, I mean, you I'm catch on the block. You got about you got about good three seconds for the uh, for you to make a move. But go ahead though. That's I mean, I mean, I, yeah, that's all you need to take. Like I, I mean, I know Paul Gasol played. Some uh, uh, on the outside a little bit in a triangle to where he could shoot from the eighteen nineteen. I have no problem with that. But on the wing, wing. Oh, come on, man. Come on. But 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 but. but anyways, I, I, that's my thing about the Lakers. I don't like what I see right now. But Tyron will develop. I don't know why they have KCP on the team. He's pathetic. Kick him off. I don't want him. Why let him? Keep him over yo, the Lakers. Yo, the Lakers gonna be cool till they run up to against the claw. <laughs> the claw. Who's the claw? Oh, uh, man. What? 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 Beat that monotone uh, coward. Okay, that's all I gotta say. But anyways, man. All right, Rob. We gotta get out of here, though. Wait, wait, wait. I, 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 I want to say this real quick about my Eagles. I want to say this real quick about my Eagles. I hope they do trade. For 
Um, Odell Beckham Jr. Why? Hello. I I mean, because I heard I I heard there's rumors of them showing interest. Well, Odell Beckham. Well, because their offense is not really explosive as it was two years ago. Partly because hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. Confused. I'm confused always people like I have these 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 diva receivers. We got to go trade for this receiver. That was, they don't win championships. Just they like, yes, yeah, but you they don't they don't win championships. Receivers that the man that rock that way and 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 receivers that put up highlights and great numbers they, they don't win championships. Yo, yes. if we if we if we all if we all agree if we all agree that Jerry Rice, T.O. and Randy Moss are the top three, only one of them has a chip. Yo, I mean, I mean, who was the Eagles? Who was Eagles just won a championship a couple years ago? Who's the best receiver? And who were their receivers? Who? I mean, nobody, Jeffrey. nobody, nobody, and nobody. So why do they need that? Nelson Aguilar was a best slot receiver that year. He's regressed. I don't really trust him right now. You can. Rob, you've been you've been using too much CBD oil, brother. Because some of the points you made, you, you you I don't know what you're talking about, man. Anyway, it's time for us to get out of here, man. We uh, we we got to move on for the, from this call because we got a couple more calls, man. Rob, we'll holler at you, we appreciate you, bro. Also, also, please talk about Kaepernick's uh, lawyers that put out that statement right now, please. Yeah, peace. We got another call on the line. I think this is the homie Naj calling in, man. Let's let's get the Naj. My real man said we need to trade for Odell Beckham. Oh, what? <laughs> nice. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, y'all? What up? What up? Yeah, well, the, the only you, problem man? with that is, oh, I'm good, man. The only problem with that is, why the hell would Cleveland trade him to Philly for late first round picks what? or second round picks? <laughs> Philly's not yeah. picking high. Why would you trade Odell there? And look, like, yeah, look, the funny man. thing is, the football, football fans <laughs> in 2019, they just like a player. They be like, yo, let's go trade and get him. Like, trades don't right, even make right. sense. But it's, like, it's like, it's like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like football cards. Yeah, you know I like him. But, yo, but, we should but, go trade for yo, him. But yo, we got to throw away some of our fathers and grandfathers' stat stuff. The if you run the ball twenty times, you're more likely to win. And this position doesn't no. When, in football, you win with good players on good teams. So you can't really like say, oh, well, this team didn't have a number one wide receiver when they won, so therefore number one wide receivers are obsolete. Like no, you each team is a puzzle and it's built differently. And if you just happen I, to have a number one wide receiver with a good I quarterback, that works believe, perfectly. But I, yeah, I personally believe that fat men up front wear, uh, win football games. I don't believe any of the skill positions, whether it's running. Yeah, whether, uh, sometimes, other than sometimes give not. Me a good, but you still – you need give good, me players, a good quarterback. A team that doesn't have give me a good quarterback, talented line, line play, and I think you can fill the rest in. Nodge, Nodge, if you have, if you have a dominant D-line and a dominant O-line, and a good QB, you have a team that is always in contention. Never mind how good the skill okay. positions are. Okay, 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 okay. Man, I hate having to do this. All right, let's do this. Let's say you draft O-linemen and D-linemen. The majority of them aren't going to work out. Some of them are going to work out and are going to be That's what true. you projected them to be. So mm-hmm. the idea that it's so easy to just build up the D line and O line and then oh, no 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 like, we no, never no. said easy this is no not, no we never said it's easy to I do never that I said it was easy okay I never okay said it was so this easy. is not only unrealistic it's highly unlikely to happen Philly has a really good O line right yeah. now 
the D-line, eh, we thought it was going to be great, but it's not. They got secondary problems, and, yeah, they got receiver issues. But Alshon Jeffrey is a legit number one. When healthy, problem is he's never healthy. So, I mean, you deal with it how you deal with it. I don't want to get caught down the road to this, though, man. Uh, to the last brother, please never say MLK was chosen from other people. MLK was chosen by who? The Pullman Porters Association and other trade unions before the formation of SELC, and this was done by black folks. Like, he was, he was not yeah. chosen from the outside. Please don't smear that man's name like that. Look in the king a little more. Uh, <laughs> the, thing, the things that y'all hit on today, man, y'all, y'all laid a lot out, so I don't even want to weigh in because it could get depressing. But, man, y'all was hitting up some heavy points. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to Tobias. <laughs> Shout out to Tobias. The only thing I would, I would recommend people do is I know Coach got a lot of flack for this, but just revisit that uh, case for reparations from Coach. And the thing that you'll yeah. see in there is generational plunder. Like most people always focus on discrimination. Oh, they couldn't do this or they couldn't go there. They don't focus on the generational plunder, meaning the wealth and value that they had stored up every generation. Man, nah. being wiped out and starting over. Like that, that is the real crux of American history when you're talking about black folks in America. Generational oh. plunder. That's the thing to look at. Ran, ran away from the South and the Great Migration came to the North and had to buy homes on contract. Where if you yeah, missed the payment, God, your home be taken from you. You got to start over again. Like this. Now, if you could expand, really if you could expand on one thing, you made a great point. So generational plunder, and then you pointed to the fact that discrimination really. I, I don't want to say it wasn't a big deal, but it was almost like integ- integration. Well, I'm not saying almost like integration hurt more than it helped in and, and it and it helped integration helped perpetuate generational plunder it helped perpetuate yeah but, but then we have to start talking about the black bourgeoisie e franklin frazier's book that is still yeah, still relevant that, to this a, day that's a read yeah yeah it's heavy but it, it gets into what exactly what he just hit on and like if you if you really look at that era and say integration, like I, I hate Malcolm Gladwell. He's a raggedy scholar, does terrible work. But there's one good podcast he has on Brown versus Board where he talks about the family that was used, the Brown family, they said we actually like our school. Uh we have teachers who are overqualified because they can't work in universities. People with PhDs were teaching in middle and high school. So they were talking about our yeah. schools are good. We're talking about being denied access to other things and our schools getting the resources they needed. But the case was presented as we want to be around them and give up our stuff. And immediately after it was passed, guess what? Those black teachers were not hired and didn't integrate into the other schools, which goes into the plunder issue. Mm-hmm. People with PhDs out here having to go work what? Next to their brethren who didn't even get a high school education. And now you tell me the, how that people, the next generation, values an education. You see what I'm saying? Like, you're working in the same factory I'm working in, and you got a PhD. Like, that. that's you know how critical it was during you that period. You put like, up a couple good. You put up a. You put up a couple good points. There's a couple books people should check out. There's one called Family Properties, which uh, details mm-hmm. specifically how they would use those 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 lease home contracts uh, Beryl, to take advantage Beryl of. Beryl Satter. And, Beryl Satter, the, the yep. author of the book. Her father was one who sold those homes on contracts. Yeah, oh, okay. Check so that you're book. down with already. You're already down with that. That's, oh, that's yeah. a good one. And really the other one is the color, the color of law, a book called The Color of Law. Mm-hmm breaks down um, how, how real estate was used as a tool of oppression. Those are the first two things. Second thing is, it's interesting to see your thoughts on Malcolm Gladwell. I, I'm not going to lie. I used to be a huge fan of Malcolm Gladwell. I liked a couple of his books, but I just read his most recent book. And his most recent book 
has me looking at his whole career like sideways. Some people like it, but I oh 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 oh, oh brother, me... look look, you ain't the only one. I fell for it too early on, and then you know later on it started people like, oh okay, this dude's a con man. He's an interesting yeah, fat guy. I read his, <laughs> his most recent book. His most recent book and some of the parallels and conclusions he tried to draw has me looking at him like, yo, I was getting ready to put you on my table for God. You trash. Um, yeah. but, so, so it's, it's interesting <laughs> you think you trash. Hey, but so it's interesting that you say to that. Expand, you know? Yeah, and I've actually listened to that podcast you're talking about. So I heard that specific podcast is uh. It's called Revisionist History, um, and it yep. was on that Brown versus the Board of Education. So I definitely heard that as well. Um, yeah, you're the first person I've mentioned family property to that I've read the book. That's fire. So uh, you're oh, a well-read dude, brother. But, is, man, the book is really, yeah, really heavy. good and, and will yeah, piss heavy. you off. Heavy, dude, just, just look up uh, buying homes on contract. When most people read about buying homes on contract, uh, a lot of a lot of the older folks in your family who you probably didn't know what they were up against and what they went through, you might have a little more sympathy for. Now, the thing that that we miss a lot when we talk about black folks, especially you know just us in general, we don't talk about class enough, and that's a huge dynamic that leads to the black misleadership class that we have now. Uh, the people who think representation matters more than actual tangible things, and we got a dynamic mm-hmm. to where one percent of black America owns 70% of black wealth. Like you always hear about the one percenters. Okay, go to the black distribution of that, and it's even worse. One percent owns 70% of black wealth. Now, that's a damning yeah. statistic for any people. So, you know, that, yeah, if, if anybody wants to get into it, check it out. Uh, Cornell talks about that yeah. a lot, and, you know, he wishy-washy, but yeah, sometimes it, you, know, and, yeah, you roll with him. They all wishy-washy. I got some people all the time, though. Like, in the I was having with Tobias earlier, a lot of times we look for that prominent figure when a lot of, we should, like, look in the mirror and look around us, man, because you start to study your family and friends, and you realize, like, you know, I'm looking to these celebrities, but my family is trash or my friends are trash. Like, <laughs> so, you know, we got a lot of work. Which is a recent development, too, though, because you got to remember, all of these movements require what? Bodies. These these weren't things where we fell into this Eurocentric idea of uh, the great man or great woman theory. Like, they weren't doing that. None of these people would have been effective without the movements of the people who were with them. So, like, when people sit up here and say, oh, well, this man did this. Look, man, when it comes to black folks, you're talking about group dynamics and people pushing forward as a group. Now, how the mm-hmm. how the wealth is distributed afterwards where they try to make it singular and individualistic, that person only got that spot because of what? Group fighting. All of the things that we talk about. Yeah. Uh, black people fight for a doctor. Uh, he says, well, you know, I don't necessarily agree with them. And then he becomes, a, you know, the, the official of public health or something like that. And he thinks he did it. Yep. He thinks the position is based on his brilliance as opposed to people advocating and pushing and fighting for it. And that's working class regular folks. So let me get off my yep. damn soapbox because I already know I'm going nah, you, too man, far. We ain't points, even touch man. sports. We didn't even touch board, so yeah, my bad yeah. on that. A lot of fire points, though. We appreciate your call, man, as always, man. And, um, you know, salute to you, man, just because you read Family yeah, Property, man. I'm, I'm, show, I'm, man. I'm hyped by that. I'm hyped yeah, by we the appreciate show, that. Y'all boys right. do good work. Not, salute to the yeah, show. Y'all do good week, work. Brother. For sure. All right, we appreciate right. that, man. Appreciate that. All right, salute. Peace. Yeah, man. Um, oh, man, a lot of fire points. Everybody's on fire tonight, Um, except for Rob. Rob is on that sticky or something because – Yo, so, you know, Rob is uh, Rob. Yo, Rob went, yo, Rob went to the dispensary. He went to the dispensary. Yeah. 
Robin is Rob, but today he was even on something else, man. He was he was yeah, he was sticky or something. Quick though, um everybody knows they can get in touch with us, War Room Sports, uh you know, warroomsports.com real quick while you were on the grind. I gotta talk about what happened real quick while you were on the grind, and that's brought to you by Sports the Book. The bottom line is you can get it at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. But um a couple quick things I wanna talk about that happened past week while you were on the grind. Um Yo, man, did you hear the story about Errol Spence, the welterweight champ? You hear the story about him today? What happened to him today? Yeah, today. I heard. I heard he was in the Aventador and uh, had a bang out. Yeah, he was in his. He was speeding in his Ferrari allegedly in Dallas. Um, I saw a video of it. His, his Ferrari flipped over, and they're saying that he's in critical condition. But it, but he's, he's stable now allegedly. So we'll see what happens long term. But I don't know what it means for his career or anything. Um, but my man just made a couple M's a couple weeks ago, and, and then this happened. So uh, get well to Earl Spence, man, one of the best young fighters in the business. Man, that's that's tough, doggy. You know, I don't I don't like to I don't want to say nothing because I don't want to get into the whole thing of victim blaming, man. But a lot of y'all gotta chill with these sports cars and, and driving at like 150 miles an hour. Like y'all gotta chill, man. That ain't victim blaming. That's common sense. <laughs> okay, no doubt, no doubt. Um, let me see, because I know Casey Mack has something about that. Uh, yeah, he heard about the wreck when it happened this morning, but he didn't know it was him. So Casey Mack is actually out there. Um, and he's a firefighter, so he said he had heard. You know, I don't know whether he was on the scene or not, but he the one that told us the story early this morning. Um, you know, on a, on a lighter note, man. Did you see these uh these Nike shoes that you sold? They're calling the Nike Jesus shoes. So this designer got a pair of Nike Air Max ninety seven, um, from back in the day. He put a Jesus piece like on the on the uh where the actual shoestring is. And you know at the Nike the uh, Air Max has like the bubble in it, right? My man got some water from the River Jordan, which was also blessed. Um <laughs> blessed by a priest in Brooklyn. Yo. And had it inserted. It uh, had it inserted into the bubble, so it's this literal holy water in the in the bottom of the um, you know, the Nike Max, and them sold for four K. So you you're literally walking on water when you walk on them, you know, literally. Y'all y'all sneakerheads sneaker gotta chill, cause y'all sneakerheads is out of pocket, yo. Oh, Phil Phil gonna try never mind, yo. Never mind, never mind. Yo. Phil probably got a pair, but y'all sneakerheads definitely got chill, man. Just give me a pair of New Balance nine nineties and say F O H with all that uh, walking on water nonsense, man. So, so I mean, what do you think about that, man? You you went to sneaks? Would you have spent four K to be walking on like you know walking no. on holy water? No, first of all, I ain't spending four K on those sneakers. Second of all, yo, they, they, based on my spiritual beliefs, there's a little bit of blasphemy somewhere in there. I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm gonna leave that alone. Okay. <laughs> but no, sneaker culture is, is really out of pocket, man. Sneaker culture is really out of pocket, yeah. man. Like some of the they stuff I control. see online, I'm like, yo, they definitely out of control. They definitely out of control. And and yo, my man traveled to get the water from the River Jordan just to be able to put this play together, and it actually worked. It actually worked. That's that's the funniest thing about it is, yo, he came and knock it because he got four. It, it actually worked. My man got four cray out of that man. 
The sneaks themselves, the actual ninety, the ninety-seven Air Max, the sneaks themselves only cost like a buck fifty. So look at the value he added by taking that trip. How much you think it cost for him to travel over there and get that water? He made a pretty penny. Uh, that was, yeah, he 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 dropped about fifteen hundred to make that happen. Hey, listen, man, I do that every day if I could like drop fifteen and make four every day. But that's either here or there, man. Um. <laughs> But I'll get some quick birthday shout-outs before we move on because, uh, you know, we got to move on and, and, and talk about a couple stories. But um, and I'm not even going to go too deep into these birthday shout-outs because they really trashed to be honest with you, but we definitely want to give these birthday shout-outs. So shout-out to uh, Troy Tulewiski, Pat Burrow, Yank Barre, um, Brett the Interception Favre, Derek McKee, and Brett Perryman, <laughs> you know what I mean, on their birthday, their birthday week. Trash birthdays, but I just want to make sure we get the way. But for those of you who can check out our website at forumsports.com to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics that we talked about thus far, you can dial the Digital Extreme Technologies hotline. That's 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. Shout out to Anil and Scotty for always holding the chat room down. We definitely appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, it's time to get into some football talk real quick. Be awesome. Like, you know, and, and, and this NFL talk. Is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies Hotline. Do you or your business need a custom website? Absolutely, you do. Yo, let me ask you an honest question. If you were looking up a business that you had never, something that you had never uh, done business with before, uh, an organization, and you with them and they had no website, would you still do business? No, that's like going for these emails that tell you they're going to wire you three point two million dollars. Uh, because your relative died in the uh, sweaty jungles of Cameroon, can't do that, man. Oh, you got to have a website. The Hakeem Olajuwon, the one that Hakeem Olajuwon be sending out. Listen, man. Yeah, all yeah, yeah. All I'm saying. You got to have a website, man. You got to be legit. Twenty nineteen, you got to do the custom website. Hit up Digital Extreme Tech at digitalextremetech.com dot com or call three three four one zero 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 two and say, look, you're heard it from War Room Sports. Saying, um, and I'm trying to get a discount, but let's talk some football real quick, good brother. Yo. I just want a little bit, a little bit of that rock because that's like some of the most dramatic music ever. Um, <laughs> it's football music, you know what I'm saying? But yo, real quick though, first thing I want to start with is uh, America's team. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. What, what do you think about the Cowboys in their most recent performance? That's that's, that's like back to back. And um, a couple of weeks ago, people were talking about the Cowboys as it relates to a championship, and you know all that kind of stuff. What do you think about uh, how the Cowboys looking thus far? Uh, they were never as good as advertised, and they're not as bad as the overreaction that's being made of these two losses. They're somewhere in the middle. And the reality being, listen, dude, Dak Prescott just isn't good. Dak Prescott isn't good. The defense is a little overrated, and they don't give Zeke the ball enough. So they're ten and they're nine and seven, ten and sixteen. So interesting you said what you said, right? Because I was with you, then um, you lost me a little bit because 
I think that what you said about the Cowboys also rings true for their quarterback. I don't think they're as good as people made them out to be. I don't think they're as bad as people are making them out to be now. But I think that's the same for Dak. Because even in that performance, right, <clears throat> and I watched the game, Dak, um, like, he threw a couple of picks. I feel like one of them was really his fault. The, the other one, the receiver, like, yo, receivers, it's a lot of receivers doing it this year, too, right? Putting their hands up, touching the ball, and it bounce off their hands. Like, some of these dudes are soft these days or whatever, but pause. But, uh, a lot of them weren't his fault, but I, but also I don't think he was as good as people made him out to be the first couple of weeks when he had to play the offense and he looked like Joe Montana. Like, I don't think he's as good as somewhere in between. I think he he and the Cowboys are one and the same. Like, we have to see how they look as, as the season progresses. But that you know, it, I think they're both just average quarterback, average team. That's my take. I'll go with, I'll go with average. You know? I'll go with average. I think he's that, but. That game, that particular game in question, he threw two picks. The third, we'll give him the benefit. The first pick to Amari, and I've I've seen multiple, uh, both former and present receivers speak on this ball placement. A- as a as mm-hmm. a professional thrower of the football, you have to lead your receiver put that ball out in front and take him up the field so that he can score or have an opportunity to outrun the coverage. You don't have somebody running full speed, throw the ball behind them and make them open up their hips. Now, granted, there's culpability on both cases because Amari needs to make that catch since he's getting $13 million a season. But Dak was wrong for where he placed that ball. That ball was off. It was an inaccurate throw. The other throw, my man, when you don't know the coverage is zone coverage and you think you're facing man, you're an average quarterback. You're an average quarterback. He didn't realize the coverage he was he was facing pre-snap and hence the reason that he threw that pass. But not just the mm-hmm. interceptions. There were a couple of, of bad or errant throws in that game where he threw it to a worm that was coming out of the turf and not the receiver. I, listen, <laughs> I'm, I don't believe that Dak is a bum by any stretch. I believe there are 32 starting quarterbacks. Dak, Dak is somewhere ranked. His ranking is somewhere between 13th and 18th, depending on the given day. And that's who he is. I think, I think, but I think that he's also still young enough where he can come into that top ten. That's the thing. Like the, people's clocks in, in the NFL now is just like, yo, they don't get no time to to progress and become what they could possibly become. It's interesting, especially when you look around the league and see such young quarterbacks and guys getting thrown in right away. I, I to watch the way the game has progressed as I as I've been, you know, watching sports my life is just is just very interesting. Like Dak's still a young quarterback. Young, you know what I mean. Like, but you know, we'll see, we'll see. Um, what do you think of the Cleveland Browns? I mean, we heard the Browns were back. I don't know what they were back to or back from, but and you know, they started off a little slow. Then they won a couple of games, and people on the bandwagon. You know, Baker Mayfield, OBJ, Nikki Chubb, the whole nine. And what do you think about the Browns, though? Um. Throughout my illustrious playground and intramural basketball career, I've had the privilege and pleasure 
of playing with a number of professional basketball players, some in pickup environments, some in pro-am leagues. I've seen professionals. And the thing that most people are impressed with is the athleticism, right? But to be truthful and honest, we all know multiple guys that have the athleticism to play a professional sport. The thing that separates pros is their meticulous attention to detail and the development of their skill or the skill set necessary to dominate. It's, it's not always – I would even say in most cases it's not the athleticism. The athleticism, true, is, is usually well far above the average – human being and in and in the case of guys like OBJ far above the average even professional athlete but that's not what makes the great the great are the is the attention to detail the nuance cleveland has cobbled together a bunch of tremendous athletes and talent but them dudes don't know how to be professional OBJ mm-hmm. is not concerned about developing into keeping it a hundred an Antonio Brown level of root runner because he has the skill and the ability to run immaculate routes, but he's lazy with his route running. He's lazy. I feel that he doesn't focus on that. Baker, instead of concentrating on his craft is busy making commercials, busy uh, uh, clout chasing in the media, looking to make sound bites and hot takes. Um, Javar is just trying to get his money, man. And he got that rapport with ba- yo. Throw me the rock ten times, and if you don't, I'm gonna see you in the bathroom. Pause. <laughs> the other guys, the other guys, Nick Nick Chubb. He's kind of a quiet dude. He probably doesn't make much in the way of waves. He don't get the rock enough. Uh, the big super. Vernon Davis, freaky, athletic, African brother that plays tight end. Tremendous athlete. Tremendous. Maybe the best athlete on the offense. He's sometimey. He's he's there. He's not there. Callaway, he said, yo, I run a 4-3 so I can get high as much as I want. Let me get let me hit the trees. Um, I don't know. I see a lot of talent. I see a lot of talent. But I don't necessarily see... I don't see the professionalism, and that is what Cleveland is going to suffer from. If it all goes to hell in handbasket based on the pride and the egos, they could end up still with a losing season. If it stays where it is, I can see them being an 8-8, eight 9-17, and, eight, and which would be disappointing based on the talent and athleticism and the expectation that the rest of us heaped on them based on that talent and that ability. But I don't see them being a true winning football team. And by true winning football team, I mean you win 10 or more games. I don't see that. I see them falling to 8-8. Eight and eight. I see them falling to 7-9. and nine. I see them getting five to seven wins off of that talent because there are teams that they are just going to overwhelm with talent. And on a great day, they're capable of being as, as athletic and explosive and offensive as anybody else in the league. But on a bad day, OBJ is 
being OBJ, a female. Baker is busy talking his ish. Defensively, um, Baker turns the ball over too much and has his defense hung out to dry with a lot of short field situations. Um, The coach, Freddie Kitchens, first-time NFL coach, not sure he's handling it that well. So, yeah, those are all the things I see with the Browns. Um, So I see them – I see them ending up as a team, a super talented, mediocre NFL team. Wow. That's crazy considering, like, you know, it's not really crazy. They're the Browns. That's what they're supposed to do. But there was a lot of hype. And when they won a couple games, ball, man, you couldn't tell people nothing. You know what I mean? Now, I got to get your Yo. take on this because you, you, you have a lot of friends who root for this team. And that's the Washington professional football team. And what do you think about what happened with them and, uh, you know, their head guy and how they treated him when he was, you know, key to, to the office work? You, when I get involved in these conversations, I'm going to spit vile, venom, foul, and filth based on the rivalry. But I'm going to just step back and keep it 100. Like, I'm not even coming from a place of being an NFC East fan, an Eagles fan. I'm just looking objectively at a franchise. Daniel Snyder might be the worst owner in sports. It's between him and Dolan. He Uh, might be. I was getting ready to say, I was getting ready to say, Dolan exists, Dougie. Ever since that that whole debate about the naming, the name of the team or whatever, it's like the team is cursed, man. Yeah. Ever since that whole thing came yeah. up, they ain't been able to prosper. Since. We 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 can we can go there for for friends. Uh, we can go there for the benefit of us because we were in the center of that. But to be honest, man, Bruce Bruce Allen is forty seven and seventy six. That's Bruce Allen. That's the GM's record. What GM in any sport do you know can have that winning percentage and still have job security? Yeah. 45 and 76, 45 wins, 76 losses over his tenure. Now, the reason that that exists, Jimmy, is because the first 10 years of Daniel Snyder's uh, tenure as owner, he wanted to be Gerald Jones. Listen, the Cowboys, thankfully, they embrace mediocrity, but nowhere near to the level of the Deadskins. Nowhere near to that level. The Cowboys have minor successes, and Jerry, to his credit, does know something about professional football and high-level football. So when he and Stephen Jones exercise their their authority as team management and not just ownership, a lot of those decisions turn out okay. What people don't realize about the Deadskins is that Daniel Snyder with no tenure and background in professional sports, he meddles. He's a meddler. So he meddles in the personnel decisions and the policies that roll out within the team, having no background or understanding of what he's doing. The initial 10 years, he wanted to do that and be out in the front. That didn't work for him. 
So he hired Bruce yeah. Allen to be the fall guy and to take all of the heat and to go to the the press conferences and answer all the questions. Bruce Allen is an alcoholic, by the way. So when he gets up on the podium, he's already three seats Uh-oh. to the wind. So he just Uh-oh. don't give a he don't give a no no that's real talk, Dougie. Like he don't give a f. Like he he drunk and he gonna say what he gonna say and y'all gonna say what y'all gonna say and my job is cool and I'm getting you know my millions a year. So Daniel Snyder doesn't take that direct heat, but he's still meddling in the personnel decisions, which means you have somebody with no football knowledge or background who's deciding on the people that take the field with minimal impact and input from the coach. And so he's sort of the same as Jerry, but he's a watered-down Jerry Jones because he knows far less about football than Jerry does. Yeah. Okay, so you think that they won't be able to prosper until basically he's gone. I'm thankful for him. As an Eagles fan, I'm thankful. All right, all right. Interesting. So, Scott, you has a point that he made. Um, we talked about the worst owner. He said it uh, is Dolan with that question. How does nobody want to play for the Knicks in the, quote, mecca of basketball, unquote, I only bring that up because I find it interesting because I think James Dolan might be worse because James Dolan is out there banning former players who were like fan favorites and beloved people. James Dolan don't even know how to take heck. He bans, uh, he bans season ticket holders from the games. Like he's, he's out of pocket. But, um, Scott, you see your point, and I think it's interesting because I don't know if you saw this, uh, B. Austin, but Kevin Durant was on Ebro in the morning on Hot 97, and it actually this this clip of his interview went viral when he talks about the Knicks. They asked him about coming to the, why he didn't you know consider the Knicks, and he said to be honest that uh, the Knicks aren't what everybody all these sports fans think they are. He said most cats in the league don't know the Knicks as being a winning team. He was like, even in his life, he knows the Knicks that won like you know playoff long run to the finals or whatever. He said, but they've been losing. Like this whole thing of the Knicks aura doesn't exist. He was like. He talks to young players, and most of them would rather play, you know, would rather play for Clippers or Golden State or Brooklyn. They don't like that's those are the popular hot teams. No one cares about the Knicks. That's old. And that clip kind of you know went semi viral. So what do you think about his take on the Knicks organization as it relates to today's young player? I believe it's one hundred and five percent correct, and a hundred percent is everything is he said, and a five percent is what he didn't say is the, the the younger players actually laugh at the way the Knicks solicit them and try and get them to come play based on history and lore and cats that are outside of the tri-state area don't even know about that and don't care. Like it's it, it, yeah. everything that, that Durant said, plus that 5% is like, yo, outside, you're going to laugh at the names I give, but Ky, outside of Kyrie, J.R. Smith, maybe Mello who had that experience and a couple of other New York area guys. Don't nobody know about the Knicks. They don't care about Willis Reed. Yeah. They don't care about Pat Ewing. They don't care about, you know what I'm saying? Like Anthony Mason and Charles Oak. They don't care about that. Some of these dudes yeah, weren't even funny. alive when that was going down. Yeah. You got cats now in the NBA. It's going to sound real crazy. I say this. This cat's coming up in this season right now, and I want I want uh, I want Skyview and Neil to pay attention. I'm giving say because it's going to sound real crazy. 
this upcoming NBA season, we're going to have kids in the league that were born in the 2000s. How crazy is that? Yo. Yo how, Yo, how crazy is this? Yo. Yo. Yo, I quit. That's, that's crazy, but it's facts. <laughs> it's facts. I don't even know what I quit. I don't even know what I'm quitting, but I quit, yo. Yo, it's going to be cats in the league that was born in the 2000s. That's absolutely crazy. Yo. Yo, and so, Jamal Crawford's still out here dropping 50, though. <laughs> But but it's it, to me it's just interesting because like these these old teams like you can't rely on that you have to get with the times and you gotta and you know as much as you want to be a like you would get off my lawn in order to compete you gotta understand what's going on like with the demographics man these dudes want to play Fortnite and 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 double tap stop picks they don't care about Willis Reed and I was thinking about it anyway how overrated the Knicks are if I, if I said listen. Take every franchise in the NBA and put together a team of the players that have played for your team at their peak, right? Mm-hmm. And pick your, you know, pick a twelve-man squad. I don't even know if the Knicks would be one of the best teams. Of course, you want to have the Lakers, Celtics, Sixers, um, probably Pistons, Bulls. You'll have all you those right. teams that have come up before you. Any Knicks? You right? You right? You right? Rock. You're 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 right. I don't. I just don't want to pile. I don't want to pile on. But you're 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 like the Knicks in a vacuum are overrated. Like let's take the last, let's erase the last decade. Let's erase the let pretend it didn't happen. Just look at the Knicks from 2009 back to their inception. They they they're not a the storied franchise that they perceive themselves to be. They can't hold no weight. They can't hold no water to your franchise. They can't hold no water to Boston. They really, they would talk that ish. They can't really, they can't stand up to the Pistons, and they can't stand up to us. They can't. Like, you know, if you, if you, if you take the, best, the, the, the actual best players, the, the Barclays, the Dr. J's, the AI's, the Wilt Chamberlain's, our first, I'll say Wilt is over right there anyway. You take this player, the Moses Malone, take the players that have come through the franchise and played for that team. Like yeah. there's fran- there's franchises that have had far superior talent, top to bottom. Yeah. You start getting to teams yeah. like the Spurs, who no one wants to about the Spurs, top to bottom have far more talent that come through there. So like yeah. it, 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 it it's crazy when you think about it. Like so. So basically, um, the analogy here with the Knicks would be our perception of Mike Quick is that he's nice, but you go everywhere else in the world, don't nobody know who Mike Quick was. Yeah. They don't know who he is, but it's also a thing where, um, and Phil believes that everything in New York is overrated. I'm not going to slander the whole city or, or what have you because there's a lot of beautiful things in New York. You know what I mean? Besides all the mommies out there, but it's, it's a lot of good things in New York. A lot of beautiful restaurants, and I enjoy my time in New York. I enjoy Broadway, but when it comes to sports, and we're going to keep it relate sports related, we start talking about the Jets, Joe Namath, Knicks, their whole allure. Um, I'll give you the. But outside of the outside of the Yankees, man, I don't know about New York, but we gotta get out of here. Yeah. Man. Thank you, Hold brother, down for, all for joining us for, for. Shout to everybody who chimed in. We had an amazing show. We went deep off on a tangent, but it was definitely an enjoyable conversation. Shout to everybody in the what? group chat, Twitter, Facebook. Shout out to people holding down the um the group chat, uh, uh, actual chat on Blog Talk, Scotty. We always appreciate you. 
special thanks to Gus Griffin for coming through with those amazing picks. Tune in next week live right here. I want to talk about, you know, what's going on, what happened in week six, rather, and what's going to happen in week seven. Catch everything we do, as I always say, at our hub, which is warroomsports.com. Pick up my book, Sports the Book, at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't forget mediocrity. Be steadfast in the word ignorance, and we shall see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.